continuing our studies this afternoon on the fall and the depravity of man, wherein we say we believe that man was originally created upright, finitely perfect, but by voluntary transgression, he fell from his happy and holy state. In consequence of which, disobedience and threatened death was then and there inflicted immediately. And he totally lost spiritual life, becoming dead in trespasses and sins, and becoming subject to the power of the devil. That sin of Adam was imputed to his entire race, and that the corrupt nature has been transmitted to all his posterity by ordinary generation. And hence, every descendant of Adam is by nature a child of wrath, totally destitute of spiritual life. At enmity with God, holy, inclined to evil, holy inclined to evil, without strength, without hope, unless saved by Christ and made alive by the Holy Spirit of God. This afternoon we're ready for the fact that he's totally destitute of spiritual life and being so He's at enmity with God. At enmity with God. That was you and I. Before we were reconciled, before we were put at peace with God. We were at enmity. I'm going to look at that word in just a few minutes, Edmonty. Turn with me, first of all, to the book of Genesis, in chapter 3, and verse 15. The book of Genesis, chapter 3 and verse 15. Excuse me. 
where we read when Satan came to the garden in the form of the serpent and deceived Eve and she disobeyed the command of God and gave it to her husband and he brought the law of God. And he says to Satan, he says to the serpent, and I, God, will put enmity between thee, Satan, the serpent, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, between the seed of Satan and her seed, the seed of woman, which is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And I will put enmity, I will put hostility, hatred, opposition to God between Satan and between the Lord Jesus Christ and God between the Son of God. All those who Satan is their father which is the case of every man since Adam we studied it the last two weeks, seen it. It's the case of every man. Satan is said to be their father. They're children of disobedience, they're children of wrath. They're following after the prince and power of the air. They're following after him. They are at enmity, they are at hostility, they are at hatred, they are in opposition to God. When you understand that, it's not hard to understand the things going on in the world. Because the world, all men are born in that condition, being at enmity with God, being at hatred, at hostility, in opposition to God. They go after their own ways, they follow their own way. Not 
the things of God. It, it, it is a product, it is a result of sin entering the world. Sin puts men at odds with God, puts them in opposition to God. Because man says, I'm going to do my own thing. And he sets out to do it. Now turn me to the book of Romans. The book of Romans in chapter 8. In verse 7, where we read, Because the carnal mind, because the fleshly mind, because the mind of this world is enmity. Now, I can't say it's the same word as back there in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, but it is the Greek counterpart to the Hebrew word we found back in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, and it means hostility. It means hatred. It means to be in opposition to God. It means to be against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. He doesn't submit to the law of God. He scoffs at the law of God. What do men all, all around you do? They scoff at the law of God. In fact, when we go our own way, even as children, and we do our own thing, we sin. When we sin, we're scoffing at the law of God. This is the condition of every man born in the world. They have a carnal mind. They have a fleshly mind. They have a mind of the world. And it is in hostility it is in hatred. It is in opposition. And against God. The pursuit of that fleshly desires and passions, those things which are worldly, The worldly means and ends. It's all a state of vanity. Against God. It is against Him. Turn with me to the book of James. The book of James and... Chapter 4, 
In verse 4 of James chapter 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not? Don't you know that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Is it opposition to God? The world is in opposition to God, and if we be friends with the world, we're in opposition to God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Let that sink in. If you find more comfort in the things of the world, in the pleasures and enjoyments of this world, the desires and passions of this world, you're an enemy of God. Which is the condition of all those born into the world who are without God, without crime, they're without strength, they're without hope, just as Adam, the condition that Adam fell into when he sinned in the garden. See, for Adam's sin, he had the strength of the Lord. He was, he, he was strong in the Lord. He had hope. He had joy. He had contentment. But then along came Satan. Got them to question. The Word of God. Got them to doubt the Word of God. They even to doubt God entirely. And he died spiritually. Was without strength. Without any ability to do to do anything to relieve himself of that condition that he found himself in. Being in that condition, he was without hope. We'll deal with those two, two points next week, Lord willing. Turn with me. Keep, keep the thoughts of James 4.4 4 in your mind. As we turn to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 15 and 16. Love not 
the world It's talking about the desires and passions of the world, the, the means and the ends of the world, the wills and the purposes of the world. Neither the things that are in the world. He's going to define those things. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. There are many that go about at least acting like they're more in love with this world than they are with God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, and this is what the world is summed up in. This is what is in the world. This is the things that are in the world, and that's, this, this is the way they are summed up according to God. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You can see those three things being prevalent in, in, in Satan's temptation of Eve and deception of Eve. You can see those three things in place in, that Satan used those three, three avenues when he came to Jesus after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights eating or drinking nothing, came to him in his lowest physical state, tempting him in these three avenues. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's what, that's what the, the, the love of the world is summed up in. And it is not of the Father of God. It's of the world. Now hang on to those thoughts. I want you to compare them with these next scriptures. John chapter 7. The book of John in chapter 7. And verse 7. Jesus here is speaking to his brethren. His fleshly brothers. His half-brothers. Who did not as yet believe. We're not yet trusting in Him. He says this to them. 
He said, the world cannot hate you. Why couldn't the world hate them? Because they were the world. <laughs> they had not yet believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. They had not believe, yet believed Him. They had not yet believed in God. He's saying... By this statement, he's saying, you're of the world, and the world doesn't hate its, hate its own. But me, he said, it hateth, because I testify of it, that the world, the works thereof, are evil. But me... The seed of woman. Satan. And those that are his. Which is every man, woman, boy and girl. That are not in Christ. Hate the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he testifies against them. His death, his death on the cross of Calvary for, for my sins and for your sin gives testimony to the world that there is a payment to be rendered for sin. And either it's in the Lord Jesus Christ or it's by your death. Turn. Romans. The fifth chapter. I want to read verses 8 through 10. Romans chapter 5, and beginning with verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, we were sinners. Being sinners, with, not, with our sins not being forgiven, we were at enmity with God. We were enemies of God. In that state, Christ died for us. While we were yet an enemy of God, while we were yet an enemy, while we were yet saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Christ died. For us, us that are saved, us that are now justified by faith, we're now at peace with God. Because we at peace with God, the peace of God can abound in our life. 
The love of God can abound in our life. Much more being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, what I just stated at verse 8, we're enemies. We were reconciled to God. <laughs> Praise God for his reconciliation. By the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Thank God we have been reconciled to God. We've been put at peace with God. We're now justified. We're now saved. Because what? Because going back to chapter 4 and verse 25, Jesus rose the dead for our justification, for our forgiveness of sin. Because he lives. I too live. Through faith in him. Colossians. The book of Colossians in one. Again, pointing out that all of Adam's posterity, born into this world, are enmity with God. Verse 21 of Colossians chapter 1, And you that were sometimes alienated, We were estranged. To put it as Isaiah 53, 6 says, we've gone astray. Proverbs 21, 16. We wandered away. We were aliens. We're strangers. And enemies in your mind. That fleshly mind. That worldly mind. By wicked works, ye, yet now hath he reconciled. <laughs> There's the but God. <laughs> but God. But the gift of God is eternal life. Reconciliation with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me to Romans again. Chapter 1 and verse 30. Actually verse 29 and 30. 
Romans 1, 29 30. Being filled with all unrighteousness. If something's filled, what's that mean? If it's filled. If I fill a glass of water, fill it, and set it here, can I get any more in it? Now, without it overflowing, there won't be any more in it. It'll be full. And if I put, if I put more in it, it's only going to run out. So there's still going to be the same amount of water. It's full. What's that say? Being filled with all unrighteousness. That's man. You're full of sin. Full of unrighteousness. Full of evil deeds. Fornication. Wickedness. Covetousness. Maliciousness. These are all things of the world. They're all things that are against God. Go back to the book of, uh, of Exodus in chapter 20. And the Ten Commandments are... And you can link every one of these being against what God said. Maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, <laughs> at enmity with God, in opposition to God. Despiteful, proud, boasters, boasters of evil things. Oh, boy. Every now and then I see something and I think, I thought I, I thought I, in my 72 years, I'd seen everything. <laughs> and then something. New and more wicked than anything I thought I'd seen in the past. Creeps up. Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents without understanding. Covenant breakers without natural affection. Implied. All that stems from being in opposition to God. Being, following the prince and power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Thereby are the children of wrath. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous 
to every man born in the world. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Those that are of God, those that are in opposition to God, those that are hostile to God, which is every man. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And I, I, listen, I was those people... I wasn't guilty of all those things, but I was guilty of a portion of it. And in that condition, he said, I not inherit the kingdom of God. But I'm thankful for what he says next. And such were some of you. Meaning, we were that at one time. We did some of those things at one time, if not all of them. But now that we have been redeemed, now that we have been forgiven, now that we have been justified by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have ceased from those things. And we were... Doers of those things. In other words, when he saved us by his wonderful and marvelous grace, we came out from living that lifestyle. We don't persist in that lifestyle any longer. Praise God. Well, I guess I'm done for today. <laughs>